Welcome back to Artists on Artists on Artists on Artists. Boy, do we have a panel for you today. The industry's screenwriting experts. A panel of new voices in Hollywood. The costumes are a character. Fuck, Mary kill. Wide shot, two shot, close up. This is Artists on Artists. On Artists. On Artists. Do you know why they call it show business? I always wondered that. Boo. Did I scare you? If not, today's panel will. Today on Artists and Artists and Artists, we're discussing 2016's The Something. We're talking to the cast and crew on how they made such a spooky, terrifying, and yes, bone-chilling film. A film like this only comes out once in a blue moon. It has the potential to both rock your world and rock your psyche, and also rock your next therapy session. Please enjoy this talk back. Let's listen in. Hi, what's up? Uh, my name is Derek Max, and um, I was the director and writer of The Something. Hi, uh, hi. Uh, I'm Lenny Stevens, and I played The Something on set. I am a... Um, you know, a physical actor uh, and a contortionist, uh, and I did the something. Um, so it's it's so wonderful to see everyone again, and just a blessing to be out uh, out and about. Yeah, my name is uh, Garfield Thibodeau. I did uh, special effects, makeup, and uh, practical effects on set at the something 2016. So, uh, my name is uh, Father O'Malley. I was the exorcism consultant for this film. Hello, it is me. I am Robert Gauze, and I did a lot of the VO for some of our external creatures. Um, I uh, was on set a little bit, but mostly in the VO booth, making weird noises. Good they to be couldn't, here. They couldn't keep Robert off set. Uh, <laughs> uh, for those of you that don't watch uh, or know much about the industry, it is not standard for the... Uh, the VO to be on set, but I know they did it for the film, the screen films, and I believe Robert had heard that story. I did, and was around. He yes, was very I did. around. Yeah, Thank I didn't. We didn't even send him locations. Sometimes I was actually very confused how uh, Robert kept on showing up. No, you know? I had a I had a PA. I gave her twelve bucks every week to send me the call sheet, and I'd show up because um, this was pre COVID, so anyone could come on set. So it was a blast. It's really wild. It's exciting to see Robert and Lydia together as well because uh, it's it, you know it's it's like Tweedledee and Tweedledum. We got the the voice and we got the 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 creature together, and it's really funny to watch <laughs> all together. Yeah, the voice and the body, and it's kind of two halves make a whole when we come together. I of course wanted to get into voice acting and would love for my characters to be uh, fully my body and my voice, but uh, I clam up in the booth. What can I say? I clam up in the booth. <laughs> And I got to say, it, it was a little sad for me because when you came in, I got to say, when, Lenny, when I first watched your audition, your physicality, your ab ability to contort your body is frightening, it is frightening. I thought, like, this is our guy. This is our guy, you know? And then the moment you started speaking when we put you in that booth, it was like, this is not our guy. We need to, we need to bring in somebody big. And I appreciated that honesty. Uh, you told me in the room that it wasn't going to be me. You said, you're not our guy for this. And I said, well, thank you. I, I, I've always appreciated a direct director because it's in the name of the director. Exactly. Amen. Exactly. Amen. And I take that to heart. You know, when I direct something, I've got to be direct. And, you know, that's why we actually don't have two of our leads in the room right now because I was direct about it. And after we shot, they both hate me. You know, Patricia... And Sam, they're not, we don't speak anymore. I'm so happy that they did the movie. I'm so happy that they're finding success, but they will not be uh, in a panel with me, you know? And that's what kind of happens. Well, of course, referring to Patricia Heaton and Sam Elliott, two seasoned, wonderful actors. Really wonderful to work yeah. with. And I yeah, wish them all the best. Talented. I, I wish them Patricia, all the best. But also, we can't ignore the fact that we have motherfucking Father O'Malley at this round table. <laughs> Father, bless me, Father. Oh, bless me, Father, for I have sinned. Bless have me, Father. Oh, Thank gosh. you for being here. Oh, gosh. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you, one and all. I mean, I am so, I was just so stoked to be a part of this because uh, you guys gave me, I would say, uh, the biggest role creatively in any film I've ever consulted on. 
You guys set up a um, little confessional booth next to Crafty for any time that I wasn't directly needed. And, uh, you know, I just really appreciated that. You guys are such a great cast and crew. You really gave me something to do. Well, Vada, uh, Vada, they... I want to I wanna talk to you about that as well. You were next to Crafty because we couldn't get you away from Crafty. Let's we talk couldn't. about how much you loved Crafty. Every second of the day, you were over at Crafty. Have Let you me ever tell seen you, as many they... snacks in your life? When they send a group chat uh, to, I'm in a, I'm in a big group me with a bunch of other fathers who do you are. Sort of the same thing. Yeah, I'm <laughs> in a big cool. Catholic church group chat uh, where we consult on, <laughs> where we consult on films and books and stuff. And I bet, a job, I bet there's some uh, dark days you see on that group chat as well. There are some dark days, you know. Uh, people are people are tortured, even us, even you know the brothers, the sons, the fathers of God. We're tortured, but anytime. A little opportunity pops up, and we try and, you know, be on the same side. It's sort of like an assistance page of Los Angeles sort of deal, I'm told, where you send any opportunities that come your way. Some pay more than others, but I am always the first to respond for any film gig because I know there's going to be a bag of Cheez-Its for free waiting for me. Oh, my god! I love Crafty. You're I a love legend, Crafty. father. You're a legend. And uh, director uh, Derek. Derek. Derek, thank you. With a T. Oh, it's Derek. Now, you have to specify, when you say Derek with a T, people don't know if it's the T instead of the K or the T instead of the D. Yes. Uh, insane. So sometimes we would be calling you Tarek, sometimes yes. Terat. It, 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 it's, it's tough. I would have to always check the call sheet, which for those of you who don't work in film, you get a sheet with everybody's name on it before you show up set, their phone number, what their job is. And this, it took me a while to learn this. You could just check that if you don't know how to say someone's name or spell it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Which was frustrating, though, I will say, because people, they heard me saying it, and then they would read the call sheet and start saying Tarot or, or Derot, you know? Right. And I'm clearly saying Derot, you know? It's a family name, Derot. There was a misspelling when my parents moved to California in 1804, Um because we, usually the the mistake happens at like Ellis Island with mm -hmm. someone coming from across Europe or something. These were uh, Americans who they're, they're, Derek is a pretty understandable American name. And this uh, was a mistake on your first name, not your last name. No, which my is first different. name, a first family name. You your know, great some great grandfather's first, first name. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we changed the last name in my family. Every yeah, generation everybody had chooses a chance their to own. Correct it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But we, I kept Derek, and I changed my original last name for Steichen. To Max, um, nice. Yeah, so it, you know, I bet you could do that with uh, your first name as well. I bet you could go to a courthouse and get that all sorted. I'm not disrespecting 14 lines of men with that. Right. That's oh. that's generations of Derrits. That's generations. Which is of kind Derrits. of uh, what the film is about in a certain mm -hmm. way. Yeah. So let's just <laughs> jump into it. You know, let's just jump into what the film is about. The something follows the story of a man and a wife who have a child, and the child gets infected by something and kind of becomes this monster, and every time the child kills, something else becomes the something, you know? Um, and so we had Lenny playing a lot of different roles here. We first cast Lenny as the child, and yes. I didn't know if that was going to work because you are 7'2". Yeah. Right. It, and it did. It, move. It didn't work. I think uh, the reviews kind of came through and it did not work. On no. set, we thought we were making something special and it just, yeah. you know, Fangoria called it a joke. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, it, but I, I thought it was a big choice. And I, I, you know, I took a lot of inspiration from the film Split um, mm -hmm. and the way he played all those characters. And, and, and so I, I, I can, can I say personally, I think we all owe a lot to the film Split. The twist mm -hmm. ending, absolutely, we do. Absolutely, absolutely. great, absolutely film. great, uh, great, fantastic film. I actually wrote this based on that, basically. Right. Yes, and it was a quick turnaround, and you were just really inspired by mm -hmm. M. Night about Shyamalan two or three Split, weeks. I just we jumped about. on. I saw it, and I said, "This would be great," but if it was a little girl, so I jumped on it. Um, so, but yeah, I I played um, the son of Patricia Heaton and Sam Elliott, the little child, and. Um, <laughs> Uh, as far as reviews go, I mean, the people loved their chemistry. I'm surprised we haven't seen them in something since this film. Me too. I think the same. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's I Sam that Elliott. He is a rising star, and I hope someday Hollywood takes notice. Mm -hmm. Got a lot of life in him. 
got a I, lot of life in him. I'll point out, um, and this happened a lot on set. Sam Elliott's been working for a very long time as a seasoned actor. Mm-hmm. Um, I think so, he's yeah, definitely think... got a future too. Well, all I... right. <laughs> you know, Fa- Father O'Malley and I, we really, you know, th- it was an interesting relationship because we are at odds religiously. But I just couldn't get enough stories about Father O'Malley's experiences on the set of American Pie Christ Camp, which I uh, uh, is one of my favorite um, straight to DVD comedies. And I just the set stories are such a blast. I don't I don't want to throw you on the spot right now, but maybe if you wanted to. Oh, share we were delayed one. for weeks, Father, telling those stories. Come on, you gotta please. Tell us a couple listen, of one more, listen, just one more. Listen, gotta tell us listen. a couple of them stories. Let's just say a lot of pies were thrown. A lot of sex was had, and a lot of things I, as a priest, turned my eyes away from. You know, wow. I can't say too much because it would be an affront to God. But the thing, the you know, all I can say is that people have urges. People have sinful urges, and that was something we got into a lot, Lenny. I would say because you are a proud member of the Church of Satan, and that yes. was something we sort of had to reckon with. Yes. And, you know, the Church of Satan kind of started existing as a response uh, legally to some of the things that are done religiously in our country. But I joined yeah. as a worshiper of the Dark <laughs> Lord himself, uh, Satan, uh, the fallen angel. And so, you know, I have strong beliefs about that. Sure. Right, of sure. course. Of course. But our set, and, you know, our set was great in, in terms of you two. I feel like you... But that open and honest conversation, open dialogue. it really opened us all up to just being our honest and most authentic selves when we show up to that set. That's a fantastic point. I have not felt as comfortable as I did uh, uh, on Derek's set, and I really appreciate Thank that. Thank you, guys. Thank you. You know, like when I first wrote this and when they finally let me direct it, I, I thought the one thing I want to do, the one thing I want to make sure happens on set is that since it's a scary movie, people are not scared on set. People mm-hmm. feel welcomed. You know, since we're making a very unwelcoming movie, I would say, because that's the point of the movie. I don't want audiences to like it. I want audiences to be scared. Mm-hmm. I want audiences to be quivering. And I want audiences to think, walking away, oh my gosh, uh, just I to have clear, something in me. You know, yeah, to, to clear the air, Derek, I, I did want to say that made my job really hard because I made the creatures. <laughs> so it was difficult sometimes. Because you would say, why would you do this? Why would you do this to Lenny? And I said, because you told me to. You know, he looks like a big alligator because you told me to. But he just you know? looked so uncomfortable sometimes. You know? Well, he, he wasn't just... uncomfortable. He's supposed to look uncomfortable because he is a representation of grief and pain. And, you know, he makes you look uncomfortable. And there were times when you would scream at me and say, how dare you do this to my friend Lenny? And I would say, you asked me to do that. So I it just was didn't a get it. I me. just didn't get it why you would do that to my friend Lenny. You know, we he's had... a... I had sent you drawings. I had sent you pictures. I had sent I, you. And I liked the drawings. I just didn't understand what the drawings meant. I thought they were just going to be drawings. I to be that's clear, the... I just think sometimes you didn't understand that what we were making was a scary movie. And by the time we got mm. to it, you know, that was hard for me because people seemed to not talk to me, not like me. You know, Robert was talking to me, which was fine. But everyone else was constantly, constantly you know, telling me, how dare you do this to our set? And it was challenging for me. People were in and out of the confessional booth you know, talking about mm-hmm. Garfield, I will say. Really? There were a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, I, I hope oh. it's okay for me to bring up now. People would pop into the confession booth. I do and think that's they were the talking. illegal part of a confession booth. I don't think you're supposed to say it. Also, it sounds like people are using a confession booth kind of like a reality show uh, confession camp. Oh, yeah. I was in the confessional letting Father O'Malley know, look, I wasn't here to make friends. Yes. <laughs> Well, I did put a camera in there. I put a camera in there so that they could, you know, air your feelings. And then I could rewatch the tape so that oh. next time they come back, I know how to properly bless Listen, them for their sins. I, I would go into that booth because I felt unneeded on set. And that gets to you, right? And I, sure, I didn't have a job on there. But I'd get in there and I'd say in that booth, I'm here for the right reasons. <laughs> and, you know, Robert, I think you were. Robert, you were here for the right reasons. You Thank weren't you. there to mess around. You were there for the art. And, um, you know, some people, I, I, I'm not going to name names, but for example, when Garfield, I guess I'm naming names right now. Garfield you just and, did. Garfield and Deanna in the confessional booth hooked up knowing I would see that footage later on. And Garfield, knowing that, uh, you know, I was Right, because we did air Deanna. it. We did air it in a big cast party. Now, Deanna yes. is my wife. Deanna is my wife of 25 years. 
She came by set, and I was stressed. I'm going to be honest. I thought that star wagon was empty. It turns out it was Lenny's. And I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to do that. And I told this to Father. I told this to Father. My life is my yeah. life, and people need to stay out of it, okay? I'm trying to, get, I'm trying to win immunity here. I, but I, the I, moment <laughs> Garfield's wife, Deanna, walked on to set, I said to Garfield, I'm going to make her my wife one day. I have a huge crush on her. And, and you rudely continued to be married to her after I said that, causing <laughs> that a, is, a lot of drama. Uh, Not my responsibility, low. Lenny. That, is, that is more, shows more but, about you than me. But that was the day. I hate to say this. That was the day we filmed the best scene in the movie. Mm-hmm. The tension mm-hmm. really added. What I didn't realize is sometimes having an uncomfortable set gets an uncomfortable movie, you know? Mm. Yes. And let's talk about that scene, actually. Um, I love this thing. You know, we got panned critically. We got ripped apart left and right. Uh, Lenny, I don't think you have a career after this movie, but... Well, not in film, no, but yes, I do. I am working, but just not in the film world. What are you doing now? Well, um, you know, because of my ability to contort my body, uh, I am a rope for Cirque du Soleil. So they, uh, <laughs> you are. So a you rope. don't actually perform. You just they'll, they'll use you to climb. Yeah, they'll use me to climb. They'll swing me. They'll tie me around. Sometimes they don't even use me in the show. But if they need something far away, they'll tie me up in a little knot and throw the rope like a lasso to pull it close to them. It's kind of an all-purpose job. Yeah. And uh, can, how tall are you, Lenny? Because that might be a bit of a short rope. Seven foot Seven two. Foot so two. once you've looped me, I mean, that's a four foot rope at, at the most. <laughs> yes. So my question is, are you are you a, are you like a build as a performer or a no, prop? no, very specifically in the in the program. Yeah, which they department pays you? Is it props or is it cast? <laughs> it's or currently it unpaid production? labor. No, it's unpaid labor. I'm trying to get in with the Cirque du Soleil crew. Got you know? it. You know, in the business, you do stuff early on that you, that's not really your art, but you know, it's how mm. you, you build up, I'm sure, in the VO world, in the directing world. How long have you been in the business for? Of Cirque or of film? Both. Uh, 40 odd years, yes, yes. Yeah, Lenny, I've years. seen your work. I saw your work in, um, oh, I saw your work in Child Bride 49. Yes, uh, in Child Bride 49, I was, that's actually where Father O'Malley and I first met because I was the priest in Child (laughs) Bride 49. Uh, So Father O'Malley was there showing that there was a proper child marriage uh, in the film Child Bride 49, which the other child brides had kind of disrespected the religion, I would say. I gotta was- say, Child Bride 49 really handled uh, Catholic rules on child marriage very, very gracefully mm-hmm. because a lot of people get it wrong. A lot mm-hmm. of people, you know, they put too much fanfare around it. They try and justify it too much. But, but Child Bride 49 really got it simple. Yeah. It's a simple lovely marriage between an older man and a small woman and that's what we call children in the catholic church small women y'all might not know this because this is one of my first jobs but i actually i i never met y'all i wasn't on set but i crafted the fat suit for you lenny the big big fat suit yes it was a very fat priest and that was it was a very collaborative set and i said i'd like this priest to be you know if you don't mind a quick digression for the story so they, you know, they brought me the the original fat suit, and I said, "We're gonna need to go a little bigger." Mm-hmm. And, so, and then they brought it in again. And we had a little meeting, and I said, "We still have to go bigger." Mm-hmm. And I eventually uh, showed them the uh, Monty Python film Life of Brian, I believe, or maybe mm-hmm. Meaning of Life, where the big man throws yes. up a lot. I think and that's I said, "You life. see this? Let's double that down. This this fa- this priest is gonna be twice the size." We did twelve hundred pounds. Yes, uh, and I, I thank you, Garfield, because a lot of people in the industry would not be as collaborative. But yeah. I just, I read the script and I said, this guy is morbidly obese, and it's the only way I'll play him, so give me the suit. Yeah, and I took to the Bible, you know, and I uh, looked up if there were any verses on, uh, you know, priest's weight and what they should be, and I interpreted as well that it should be 1,200 pounds, yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I'm glad that it, you found you know, we were all above board on that. I'll say this about you, Father O'Malley. You can find a justification for anything in the Bible. You're you very really good at it. You're you really very can. good really, at it. I dare you to find something in the Bible that I can't justify. Tell, you, tell us how you used to justify If you ask me what kind of hot dog is the most oh, yeah. biblically appropriate hot dog, I'd be able to tell you. Open up your book to uh, Psalm 1645, and you'll <laughs> see that Jesus is holding a rope, rope big enough to. Uh, envelop two calves, as it says in the good book. Um, and that, to me, two calves is kind of two carnies. 
and that's a hot dog. And that's what we're talking about here. We're talking about honoring the good book. So I, I appreciate everybody on this film was so good about that. And I'd hate to get heated right here, but in my religion, we just don't believe that Jesus had hot dogs. I don't believe that they were around <laughs> oh, at the time. Okay. And this was a big here battle. We here, you know, we Lenny, here we go again. They had to send go. away Lenny. the hot dog truck one day because it was making us, <laughs> we couldn't see it without, you know, like magnets starting the argument once again. Yeah. Well, this oh, actually Lenny, really tough. like uh, segues nice into my favorite one of my favorite clips of the movie. We were talking about how that day was tense. You know, we had Father O'Malley and Lenny at each other's throats. We had Garfield being ripped apart. Diana was there. There was a lot of sexual energy. And in the meantime, Robert is just mouthing his lines into my ears, going, <laughs> "Is this? Does this sound good? Is this the right thing?" And I just say, everybody shut up and roll. Now, I want to play this clip because it really, really captures the scary spookiness of the movie. This is when Patricia and Sam realize that their daughter has something. Let's roll. There's something right with that kid. Oh, Something right. Give it a rest. Our daughter <laughs> is fine. Give it a rest. Oh, damn it. Damn it. I've um, got to go into the kitchen. I'm going to pour myself a drink. Honey, make it too. I think you're right. And oh, that's no. the scene. That's the scene. Yeah. Um, wow, crazy. We cut it off on Oh No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wanted to cut it off early because it just get, goes a little downhill. But for me, that scene really captures. Yeah, you admit that. Yeah, that's I'll the movie goes that. downhill from there. That's the best part of the whole movie. You You're admit. so honest. I love you, Darren. I'm direct. I'm direct. Um, but I really, I feel like that scene like captured because you had Patricia and Sam acting their asses off. You know, I didn't give them lines, and they were making them up. And I hope you could feel that. You know, the feeling. And then you had, you know, Lenny playing the character. And if you guys could notice, I wasn't very good with the edit, and you could hear both. Lenny and Robert's voices come through for the voicing over, which I thought added I that like was a choice. Yeah, it added of an effect of we don't know who this something is. And now also, for those, for those of you that don't watch film, uh, about sixty percent, maybe seventy percent of the audio you hear is recorded afterwards. It's mm -hmm. in Foley voiceover uh, ADR. Uh, but what ha what they usually do is they ADR is uh, I believe alternate dialogue replacement. Mm -hmm. This not film here. didn't have a lot of replacement. No. Well, it, it, I will say the one thing we yeah. did replace is we made every single like uh, kind of noise you hear, like wine being poured or anything. I got Robert to fill in all of those too. You know, it was so, very um, um, uh, Prairie Home Companion. Yes, where it, 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 <laughs> it seemed like huge influence for me. Huge in influence for me at the, the time. Film, you were kind of, forgive my language, but pimping uh, the film into having more. People would, for no reason, say, do I hear a horse carriage moving by? I thought that would be scary. I thought it would really terrorize the audience of going, what is real? What is fake? Why do these horses sound like a man making horse noises? And Robert, could you do that horse noise? Because you hit it so well in the oh, film. Oh, you got to do it. Oh, you got to do it. That, that was the horse and i'll galloping. say this i want to say that uh i get asked this a lot and i think my main philosophy is show up to work even if you don't need to go to work mm -hmm. show up because you can add to the film and they didn't even need you and you can add to it you know what i mean like i tell i gotta all say robert you're you're um in your sound effects for the entire city of boston were so impressive. The way that you provided background, featured extra, anybody that we didn't really want um, or that Derek didn't really want to be uh, paid, you were doing all those voices. You did full uh, full sports commentary for a fake Boston Red Sox game like we were standing outside of Fenway Park. It was ours. Oh, and I uh, enjoyed every fucking minute of it. <laughs> Well, what I'll do is I'll go to a film I'm in when it comes out. I'll put on a little hoodie and sit in the back of the theater just to hear people reacting. That's classy. And, and a lot of people in the audience, were, you know, that what was happening was people would be like, is somebody's radio on? <laughs> Did somebody leave their phone on? You were that good, Robert, is people thought it was happening in the room. And, wow. and you know, I don't want to reveal myself to be in the movie, but I would sometimes stand up and say, no, 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 that's all happening in the film. And people <laughs> oh, say, that's part of it. Does it pay you off? And I up. would say, no, no, it does not pay off. It's just atmosphere. 
Mm. Uh, thank you for sharing that, Lenny. Uh, that mm. means a lot to me because I learned at in acting school that it is your job to be distracting, right? What that school did you go job. to again? I went to NYU, Tish. <laughs> oh, wow. 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 Very prestigious wow. school, and that was the uh, that's the Adrian Brody school that they added there, right? Mm. Yes, I was at the Adrian Brody School, uh, one of the first graduating classes of it. I think I think we actually have a clip of one of his classes right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, everybody. So that was um, me as a Rastafarian introducing Sean Paul on Saturday Night Live, and you understand how I took a minute and a half to do something that usually takes five seconds and made it totally about me. <laughs> Now, I'd like uh, to bring up a couple students to do that as well. So what I'm going to do is uh, I'm going to give two of you this scene from uh, The Glass Menagerie. And then a third one of you is going to be part of the menagerie on stage. And remember, the class is about being distracting. So I just want to let you do some improv within that, okay? Um, so uh, Michael and Laura, come on up. And yeah. um, uh, Sam, why don't you be the uh, part of the menagerie here, okay? Sure. Thanks. And uh, and go. I'm... Mama. Oh yes, honey. Mama, I I don't want to go meet the gentleman caller. You have to meet the gentleman caller. Wee. You have to meet the. <laughs> Good. Wee, wee, wee. Keep I'm talking. Keep doing the you, scene. Keep doing Rose, the scene. You have to meet the gentleman caller. The gentleman I'm, caller. I'm shy. Will... Bring your little glass sticks. I'm watching too much of the main characters. <laughs> Sorry, sorry, Adrian. Sorry. That's an incredible clip of that class. This podcast is sponsored by the Great Courses Plus, by the way. If you want to get some of those, I've been told by the producers to let everyone know. That's an incredible Yeah, class. and I've also been uh, contacted by them. So if you want to use my discount code on some free classes, that is uh, Father O'Malley 20 for 20% off a free course online. Mm. Um, so check that out. You can always trust a priest shilling discounts on podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I go where the good Lord takes me, and I go where uh, the good Lord's food takes me, which, of course, is uh, money. And mm -hmm. uh, it makes the world go round. I'm sorry, you guys. You know, oh gosh, I love to be here. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to pull a question from the fishbowl because I'm really curious. Y'all are the uh, creative types on here. Um, what was the most fulfilling moment on set for this film? Mm. Mm. Well, I want to talk about one of the creatures that I got to create with Lenny. And I want to mention, Lenny, your body in, in the uh, special effects makeup department uh, across the country, your body is kind of known as the great canvas. We all oh, great talk canvas. about it like that. It's the great <laughs> canvas, you know? And we, we really love kind of, your limbs are just so fluid. We can just kind of put anything on them, and, and your skin is so, uh, there's no moisture to it at all. So all sorts of lex latex attached to it. And your face also just has so many sharp features on it, so there's a lot to build on. And Thank your head you. is pointed so weird. There's a lot to go off of. So so amazing. We love it. We love it. Uh, these are all compliments, obviously. And, uh, yeah, um, they sounded close to compliments, in the, uh, uh, but some people can interpret it as maybe they think he looks weird. And then you said, I do look weird, my head. And, uh, you know, but yeah, I've been described so many times. Oh, I'm used I, I would have to thought it. I know what you, I look like. Yeah, I thought you would try to get more of like a usual shape for a canvas. You know, no, you, no, the canvas, no, no. It's the want. angles. You know, you like to start. If, if you start weird, you can get weirder. If you start normal, you just can get weird. You know what I mean? And so in the feet, Lenny's feet, I mean, they are wide, but they're short. Yes, so uh, it's really fun. Like a platypus tail. Like a platypus I, I remember tail. them on-, on Yeah, uh, biblically, Lenny's feet, I would say, are wrong. Do you are have a verse wrong. in the Bible? <laughs> Do you have a verse? Yes, yeah, so in the book of Job, it says that um, the Lord shall hath bestow upon man a foot that is narrow with five toes, that does not offend the woman who look on it. And wow. uh, I, I think that's pretty clear. Yeah, that makes yeah. it extremely clear. Mm -hmm. I can't believe that. It's you offensive. really didn't have to do much work for that one. You found that one so fast. <laughs> I have them bookmarked. I've been in this a long time. You really have. 
But anyway, the most fulfilling anyways, so, moment. Yeah, so yeah, so I think the Book of Job has a little too much about feet. I, I, <laughs> Finally, somebody if you've said read it. that recently. It, it, Finally, somebody said it. You know, I I got it. You know, I got to side with the Lord on this one. I think it has the perfect amount of feet. I think it really does. I think you need to know that because otherwise, the Book of Psalms with the Book of Hands, it doesn't make any sense. The Book of Job is like a Quentin Tarantino movie for me. It's just <laughs> out of nowhere, oh, feet. all of a sudden, it's thirty seconds of feet. You know, yeah. and, and the they do reference appeared. a lot of yeah. artillery and uh, um, a sort of weaponry that doesn't quite exist yet, which I found oh, fascinating God. and just an attestment to how. How valid God is. Mm-hmm. So it most is fulfilling day on set. For, oh, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, no, Garfield, uh, please. Yeah, most fulfilling day on set for me was when we got to create Lenny uh, as the creature when he morphed from the big beast to the little beast to the medium-sized beast. And then he changed. into, And we had to have all those costumes and, and prosthetics kind of built on him. And so it was kind of like a quick change where we ripped it off and there was a new skin and he ripped it mm. off and it was... It was really extensive. And, and of course, a, yeah. A beautiful scene, uh, pardon the quick interruption, but, it, you know, we shot it all practically. It was a one-take yeah. shot. I and, insisted. And, I insisted. And, and really beautifully done and put together and planned. And, you know, people did pan the movie, but I felt mm. like we really swung for the fences on that one. You really say. did. It was nice. I, I would say if we could go back, I would say we shouldn't have done it in an ultra-wide shot. I should. I think we should have had a close-up because <laughs> yeah. I worked so hard on the details. Well, you, know, you didn't no, tell me right. until we shot it that it was going to be in a it really, was, really big wide. It was wide. so I want it to be specs on a chalkboard. You know, I yeah. wanted it to feel like you were lost in the expanse of the universe in that moment. Yeah, you just had me doing scales. <laughs> and you had me doing tiny details. You know, yeah, you had me writing numbers. Yeah, a lot of scales, yeah. <laughs> a lot of and scales. I, I just, I guess I didn't realize because we were all kind of standing so close to you guys. Um, in the wide, you know, I wasn't behind camera. We were all hiding behind the bushes, so it felt yeah. so close right. to us. So I thought it was beautiful. Yeah. I mean, then, you know, you see the dailies, and you go, well, well that's what I got. And you know? I tried to stop it. You said, this looks amazing. Let's go back. And you started running hundreds of feet. And I <laughs> thought, this ain't going to look good. <laughs> I love but- every moment on set when Derek would just run. <laughs> Derek, you ran what so What can I much. say? I was excited. I was so excited to get to those ultra wides, you know? <laughs> yeah. And get to those close-ups. He Why runs not when sprint? he's excited, he runs when he's angry, he runs when he's a little confused. And mo- and also, I was very scared of, through a lot of this movie, so I was running away. A lot of the times, you know, Lenny, credit to you, you would you would scare me to death and I would run away. It's incredibly difficult to communicate with a director who <laughs> was terrified of me. Uh, um, and so I would find, I, I realized I had to find ways to ask for notes and, and do blocking. Without Derrett seeing me, yeah. um, but because it was difficult, it was very. Sometimes difficult. I would bring a mirror around so I could face the mirror at him, but that didn't work. I found that it was even more scary, kind of like holding a mirror over my shoulder right. and going Lenny, and he would go yeah, and then he would turn. I would see him in the mirror's reflection, spooky. And I said, away. mirrors don't change the image you're looking at; it just shows you the image. But I didn't maybe believe it. Him. Yeah, he, I did and believe he didn't him. believe him. And, and I've just... got a quick, quick sprint. I'm going under ten seconds. <laughs> Per hundred, so I can sure. get far fast. If I've never seen can. legs go that wide during a run. I swear they will go in almost 180 They're degrees wide. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I'm so happy. We that was a great day. Ended up being a little far in the movie, but uh, what was your most fulfilling day, Derek? Okay, um, well, there's a lot. You know, I, I really poured my heart and soul into this movie. Um, but I think the moment that it all came together was just when we filmed the finale scene of um, where Lenny as the child eats Patricia and Sam and it's kind of right after Patricia and Sam and you kind of like my goal was for the audience to really understand the theme and I gotta say we were working as a unit that day you know the voiceover from Robert was killing it the physicality from Lenny was there and then we had Garfield being quiet and just doing his job and 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 father o'malley with the specific kind of notes about how to do this scene just kind of unwarranted just giving his his own thoughts i thought was great and i'd love to play this clip if we have the time this really honed in the meaning of the movie for me um so yeah let's roll this clip mother father i'm sorry (laughs) 
I cannot control it anymore. We're at the bottom of the ninth and the Dodgers <laughs> are running in down. Oh, it's the Red Sox and it's a throw in the back. Uh, Don't I'm gonna you eat see? Em. I'm going to eat him. No, he's going to eat us. <laughs> I'm going to eat him first, goddamn. Oh, no. Oh, no. I'm eating you first. That's a pitch to the shortstop, and a shortstop, and it's running down the field. Don't you see? Our daughter's a metaphor for loss. <laughs> I never dealt with the grief of knowing my father less. I never hold on to that. And I bet you have it, too. I bet you're holding baggage on it. <laughs> That's a great I fucking finale. Yeah. So yeah. good. I got the note that the kind of nondescript baseball um, happening in the background was very distracting. But, you know, Robert was killing it on set, you know, did necessarily it make sense when he said something like the, sh- the ball's going to the shortstop and now the shortstop's running to second. No, that made no <laughs> sense at all. Well, but it made I didn't the know movie. anything about baseball. Yeah, Believe which was a shock to me. You always showed up in tons of Dodger gear, so I just <laughs> assumed you know if you talk you fast, people guy. know what you're talking. People think you know what you're talking about. That's something I've learned for um, you, many, many years. Even you, in the movie wise, p- multiple characters say that the month is January. It's discussed <laughs> repeatedly, and the baseball season. I mean, if you include spring training, is about April to October. Oh, so. Yeah. It just didn't track for people, mm-hmm. and we had we had late, late, late night arguments, uh, mm-hmm. um, Derek and I about this, and, and you know, and very Patricia late and, and very Sam, intense, and that's really intense. where a lot of my anger sprinting came out. You know, you would say something that would start boiling my blood, and I just have to take a a two hundred, you know, take a two hundred meter. Um, and when I look back at it, um, I, I think the reason I would w- want to get into those late night arguments is. I was just trying to stay up late to see if Deanna would show up, uh, Garfield's mm. wife, and yeah, you know, I, I, I could. I was having a lot of sleepless nights because I was absolutely in love, mm-hmm. and not knowing that I was getting essentially betrayed by my friend and uh, VFX uh, special yeah. effects coordinator. My dear friend, you are not being betrayed. I saw all the messages you s- messages you sent her on WhatsApp, and I want to let you know that uh, I was the one receiving them. I gave you my <laughs> WhatsApp information. So please stop sending them. I know you still are. To this, this is day. unbelievable. And I am sending you messages back. This I'm is leading awful. You this, this is, is unbelievable. So the things I sent, the poems I wrote. I know. I know. Oh, and so I'm sad. telling you right now, I wanted to tell because I knew you were going to be here. So I wanted to talk to you right now. Those poems, these poems I have right here, they are lewd. They are disgusting. Whoa. Disgusting. Yeah. They yeah, are... Lenny, I, I gotta say, thou shalt not covet your neighbor's wife, and that's what I've been saying for a long, long time, buddy. You gotta get a handle on this. Well, I thought it was okay. I had told Garfield I was interested. It wasn't <laughs> as if I was doing it, you know, in It was an honest secret. set. It was an honest set. And the, <laughs> I do dabble I do dabble a bit in pornographic poetry. Um, Incredible. Which, Could you give oh, us a little slice, sir? You know can what? I, I think you some? should read them. You should read them that poem you sent us. This I want to know what I gotta forgive you for. Please, please. Oh, all right, a... all right. Let's. Oh, well, let me just go through the WhatsApp. Oh, even just looking back at my phone, I'm humiliated to see some of the pictures I sent here, knowing that they oh, were. Oh God! I don't know how you got those photos of me, but they are not <laughs> flattering. I can't believe you sent them. I sent Deanna pictures of her own husband. Said, "This is the guy." <laughs> and I would take ugly pictures of him and I would doctor them just a little bit and I'd say, you sure? You took a photo of me at Noah's Bagels when I accidentally <laughs> dropped an entire everything bagel on my shirt. The outline of cream cheese as I scrambled to try to pick it up off the ground. Yes. I don't know how you were there for that. You're doing this- all of this and reporting to work as a rope for Cirque du Soleil. <laughs> yes, I do. I mean, it is a, t- I don't sleep much, uh, but true love is a crazy thing. It is. Um, it cannot let me be dip- true. Let me dip true. into one of these poems just because I, it was requested. Let's see Please, here. Yeah. All right. Um, my sweet darling Deanna, what I wouldn't give to be your manna. My love for you is as strong as a rock. One day, I'd like you to feel my throbbing penis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great break on the rhyme there. <laughs> Thank you. Father, you like that? Father, you like oh, it? Yeah. 
Thank I mean, you, biblically, Father. I biblically I hate it. Biblically, I detest it. But as a guy who's just like one of you, as a guy who loves crafty, I love it. My man, Father, that's a real man right there. <laughs> oh, oh, stop it! That's the kind oh, of support stop. you could get from the priest that worked on American Pie Church Christ Camp. You know, I've seen a lot. I've seen a lot. That's all, what I'll say. Well, here, well, here's a great question just following it. Uh, Father O'Malley, what was your favorite day? Oh, my favorite day. Oh, gosh. I think it was, you know, Derek, it was, it was a day with you and I when, uh, you know, we came to heads on something and you were running back and forth. You were not okay. You were ups- a little upset with me. But I insisted that, you know... The proper steps for requesting a bishop to do the exorcism were followed. And that means putting in a request with the archdiocese and waiting about six to eight months for the process to go through. And I really wanted that process to be authentic. And I Mm. kind of insisted. I said, I'm putting my foot down. This is not how it would go down in real life. You would not have someone three days just sprinting over to exercise the child. You know, we got to wait six to eight months. And so finally, mm-hmm. you halted production. Yeah, wow. that was that was one, of, I would say one of my toughest days was having to halt production for six to eight months. Um, it was. It turned out to be eight and a half months. Um, and you we, said on the day, you said this will be six to eight months, everybody go home. Um, <laughs> it was just, we got in this big, you guys heard it, we were yelling at each other from the trailer. Father O'Malley oh, we is were. literally cursing me in a in a Catholic way. You know, it felt very dark. I walk out. You guys are going, what happened? I go, go home. We got six to eight months. Wow. And, and I hate to running. use Catholic curses. I hate to use them. But mm-hmm. sometimes when films aren't following the proper procedure, you know, you got to break one out. It's 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 mm-hmm. in his name. Can you can you give us a Catholic curse? Because very few people know about these. There's a whole other secret curse word uh iconography lexicon yes so um this is in the book of curses if you open up to 1613 so uh this one it's kind of in roman but i'll do my best to translate so it's and that um loosely translates to uh reverse the christ have him come for you you know and that flips sort of jesus's whole deal uh, he was here to die for your sins. Now he's going to make you die for his sins. Um, and that's sort of a little Catholic switcheroo we'd have going on. Um, and when you and said so- this to me, I was pissed. I was like, you know, fuck you. I'm like, what the fuck are you saying? You can't do this. And so, yeah, it was a really tough day, but I'm glad it was one of your favorites. We come out. I say we got six to eight months. I take off on a quick half mile sprint right away. <laughs> Father O'Malley Incredible. is screaming from the book of curses. I, you know, I'm so glad it was one of your favorite days. I'm so glad. I remember multiple times on set, I would kind of overhear the producer saying you, to you, Derek, you know, the consultants ha- should have very little power on this set. <laughs> they are here as almost just to make, you know, wa- mm-hmm. wash our hands, make sure we're clean yes. if we get any complaints. And you said mm-hmm. the consultant is more important than the writer. Yeah. More important than the what Because what is art? If we're not, if not the consultant is first, if not right. the person from the outside who gives thoughts and opinions a little too much has the most. And know, I was pleasantly surprised because I, when I told the folks in my Catholic group chat about, uh, you know, how I was finally being listened to, they uh, they were they couldn't believe it, you know, because normally we're on the sidelines. We're offering, you know, little valid tidbits on what the Bible actually says. But we're never given this level of power, and I, well, yeah. I thank you. I love the power. The power. I've never seen. Incredible. I've never seen before. I've never seen a, a Catholic priest, priest manning uh, a camera as well. You put him <laughs> on the dolly, Whoa, and you let man. him. You let him take the shots because he said, "I can see what God can mm-hmm. see, and God has specific angles that he liked to use." Yeah. Oh, I and loved it. It was a blast. I it loved blast. it. Right before, right before we shot, you'd you'd get the camera. And you'd say, "Set in Jesus' name." Or in fathered name or something like that. In fathered name, I think you said. Yeah. Yeah, I said in father's name. The father's son, the holy two shot, let's roll. And I would yeah. say, I would swap out the name of the shot each time. Because I thought we that lost, was a little fun. We lost all of that was unusable, completely out of focus. Yeah. Sometimes focused on none of the actors or half the actors' faces cut off. 
I don't know why. I just believed you when you said I've run a dolly before and I know how to do it. Uh, well, sometimes you have to lie to get what you want. That's, it's that's what I know. believe. It's hard to know what to do with that great amount of power on set, Father O'Malley. I mean, I know you don't get it on other films. And it, uh, it, to bring it back one more time to American Pie, American Pie Christ Camp, they mispronounced Jesus a few times in that movie. Yeah. So obviously they weren't even listening to you. And No, they didn't listen to me one bit. I saw there originally they of... called him they called him Jim S a couple of times. <laughs> Jim S I heard. I was screaming at the top of my lungs. I was holding up Bibles going it's it's Jesus. It's Jesus. If you really some people say Jesus, Jesu or uh Jesus, those are all fine. You're not even close. <laughs> I had a nervous breakdown on that set. It was a nightmare. But Jason Biggs really brought it home, I thought. He gave a great performance. He, he really absolutely, did. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, it reinvigorated his career, I think we can all agree on that. <laughs> really did. Well, I, Lenny, what was your favorite day? You know, it is so hard to say, because this job is very tough. You're in all of that makeup. You're sweating. It takes uh, about, it took about, what, what would you say, Garfield, seven hours to get into makeup? Seven hours per creature, yeah. So when we did the four creature day, that was 28 hours. That was a 28 hour day where they were just packing. But we, you know, as for best day on set, I hate to do this to you, Robert, but most of my best days were when Robert didn't know where we were shooting because I could actually fully focus on my job and do it uh, instead of having someone else saying what I was doing or. Robert frequently would be the seven o'clock news announcing some pretty uh, <laughs> horrific events that were apparently happening in the world while we were shooting scenes that we then had to react to and fold into the story. Oh, that 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 hurts me to hear, uh, Lenny, because there were in full count four days I missed mm -hmm. um, that that fucking PA didn't tell me where y'all were. Um and it that that hurts me because I thought we had a really good working relationship together because I mean, sure, I spoke over every single one of your lines um while I you mean, were in intense makeup and I was just in my khakis. Um It, it means you can't read social cues because on set <laughs> I would sigh when you showed up. I would I, I could not make eye contact with you. I was so frustrated with you. Uh um, well, I've I've heard this before. And I choose to keep going. Yes. Um, so you can read social cues. You just choose not to. It's not. Uh, no. I, sometimes I see them and I, and I think I'm overthinking it. You're not. <laughs> All right. Um, I'll say my favorite day on set uh, was probably when I got to announce 9-11 in the back <laughs> of the. Uh, As we said, it, the, the movie Patricia takes he place in January 2016. <laughs> That was a tough thing to edit around. That was it. But you were insistent. You were it, insistent. It felt good to report. Uh, oh, no, no, no. It didn't feel good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, we've heard the audio, Robert. You were feeling good. You were, you were very excited. excited. You were, you were really good. You were too yeah. excited. You said, you are not going to believe this. Boy, oh, boy. Do I have a story for y'all. You know when you can just hear someone is smiling when they're telling oh, so. <laughs> no, it was because I felt important, Lenny. Okay. I felt important for the first goddamn time on that set. Well. It's, it's you know, when, when Anderson Cooper uh, really lays into Trump, but you can tell he has a little smile yes. when he's doing it. That's what <laughs> That's you were That's what doing. it felt like. She was laying into 9-11. <laughs> Absolutely, that energy. I'm sorry. It sucks to... It sucks when you're not even on the call sheet at all. Your first name on the call sheet. Well, Lenny. I've got to say you were on the call sheet and one of the only people on the call sheet for the months after in post, you know? Mm -hmm. I you don't care about that. I have no empathy for you. You get paid way more than me. You only have to do like two hours of work. You have a very good job, Robert, okay? So do you, Mr. Rope. It's it <laughs> sounds like, sounds like a walk in the park. I don't get paid. You know, people in Cirque du Soleil, they'll urinate on anything. You know, they're they're European. Uh, I've heard that. It's a humiliating job. <laughs> yeah, no, I, mean, the rumors I think we've are all out. heard the nightmare stories of Cirque du Soleil. Let's 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 call out the eight hundred pound elephant in the room right now. Robert Gauze, you are the heir to the very famous medical tape. Gauze. <laughs> so let's talk about it. You don't have to work for it. Everything for you is fun. Everything for you is of course. A, a gift and a joy, and you like to show up wherever. But some of us had to work 
for our livelihoods. Okay. So, so did my grandfather when he made medical tape. <laughs> yeah, Jeffrey Gauze. Um, gotta say, he did some horrific crimes against humanity. <laughs> He yeah. did all those experiments to figure out which tape was the best. He was cutting people up and chopping them places to see how strong the gauze could get. Causing Nothing. injuries to fix them. It was the big thing with gauze. All the ads, the radio ads was, we don't test on animals. Uh, <laughs> and then big wink at the end. He would say, yeah. but we yeah, do so test on humans. Yeah, it was the humans. ellipses. Yeah. This, will not, this will not turn into... Which, you say that, uh, you don't need no. a wink if you're going... <laughs> This won't turn into an attack against my family. No, it won't. I won't let it. I won't let it. I just want to show up to set when I'm not needed, and I want to get paid a lot. And I don't want to deal with this fucking shit about my family or where I come from. Yes, I haven't worked a day in my life. Yes, I am the met I am the heiress heir of a huge, huge invention that changed the course of history and did, in fact, save lives. So you can all go fuck off. Okay, right. Robert. Okay, Robert. Let's uh, let's take let's simmer down. Simmer down. Father, be help with you. me. They're bullying me. Father, Father. son, Holy Spirit. Bless you, 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 bless you. That's how I bless everybody every morning. I say bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you. And I had to go down the call sheet. I go, I do go and do it to everybody. And Derek, I appreciate that you let me do that. Uh, it was, it was, it was, took a long time. We had to take two hours out of the day just for Father's blesses. Father, Father, when you did it to me, why did you close your eyes? Garfield, I don't, I don't, I mean, must have been, must have been unintentional. I don't know what to tell you. That's okay. crazy because I remember you saying me to me on the side, you whispered to me after it, you said, if a priest closes his eyes, it doesn't count. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I Which don't, Which you would also say I don't if you were if... eating like a little big piece of chocolate cake. <laughs> If very coy and sly. Okay, fine, Garfield. Decadent. In the Book of Curses, it says, you were eating if you that do chocolate a blessing cake. but you close your eyes. Same thing applies for chocolate cake. There's a little asterisk at the bottom that says, or chocolate cake. If you close your eyes while you're doing a blessing, it's actually a curse. And I'm so sorry, Garfield. I was in a rough place. I was in a rough place. I found out that there was a separate priest group chat without me. Oh. Where it was everybody from oh. the first one, that but without sucks. me. Oh. That's the And they would worst. send each other pictures of my tweets. Mm. Well, your tweets awful. were crazy. They that... were they were out there. Well, it's just, it is 2018, 2019. You don't need to write the whole setup and then the punchline. Where you would, <laughs> you would like reference a news story, but you would explain the story like you were Leno. It was like a four-part tweet. <laughs> yeah, I w- well, I would do... I don't understand why everyone was so mad. Because I would do, you know, it w- there, was, there would be four-part tweets. And the first one was, have you seen this? Have you heard about this? Mm-hmm. And then the second one would be the first half of the news story. The third would be the second half of the news story. And then the fourth would be the big roundabout punchline. And I don't know why everyone was so upset. Every once in a while, you include that fifth that was just the gif of a band playing. <laughs> yeah, and sometimes I'd throw out uh, a sixth one that was the Jennifer Lawrence spitting out uh, water to signify that it was funny. <laughs> but, you know, we all have a different sense of humor, I guess. I, I love don't... that gif. Good. All right, guys, let's let's all go around and just pull the question from the fishbowl. What's next? What's everybody working on right now? Mm. I'll say I am showing up to the set of Ted Lasso season three mm. and making it are about Are you hired my... or are you showing up? I'm showing up, father. Uh, mm. How do I ask this politely? Have you improved your British accent since we worked together? <laughs> Give us a little taste. We can be the judge. Give us a taste. Oi, oi. That, that's the bottom of the ninth. The Dodgers oh. are flying. <laughs> they do not play baseball. They don't play baseball in Ted Lasso. <laughs> No. And they got the ball. So in the background of Ted Lasso, there is a baseball <laughs> game going on being announced by a, Br- a British man. Okay. For the Red Sox, yes. <laughs> <laughs> what about what about you, Derek? Oh, well, I've got some exciting news. I'm having a kid. I'm having a child. Oh, congratulations. Wow. Oh, thank you. you. I'm very Congratul- excited. Bless if you need a you. baptism, you know where to find me. Uh, we are Anglican, so uh, I think I'll pass on that. But thank you for the offer. Uh, uh, well, uh, what are you going to be naming the child? 
I'm going to be naming her Stephanie. Wow. Beautiful. And um and this is uh when when is she due? She's due in uh, about an hour or so. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah, she's she's named Stephanie and I think they're twins. I don't know. I don't um keep up with my wife that much. Um well, we you love each other. We got to get to the hospital. Nah, it'll be fine. I remember seeing fine. the uh Instagram story of your wedding announcement or your uh, your your pregnancy announcement and you really bolted out of there halfway through it. <laughs> And, well, yeah, that's it's a kind of like a fun video. Um, without the context, my wife holds up the pregnancy scan and the pregnancy test, and I just, I'm out there like a light. I sprint away as and, quickly as I can, going, no, 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 no. Uh, Derek, no disrespect now, but a uh, 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 quick question for you. You've been running around. We talk about how fast you go all the time in urgent uh-huh. situations. Your I'm Forrest wife, Gump, but faster. Yeah, your wife has given birth in an hour, and you said there's no rush. No rush, none at all. <laughs> She'll be fine, I think. Oh, that means he's happy. That means he's happy. That's oh, okay. fantastic because if yeah. you, it'd be concerning if you were running over there yeah. because that would yeah. mean you're angry, upset, or confused. But you yeah, must be well, feeling really at peace about being a father. Very at peace. The, the hospital's only, it's in San Diego, so it's just a two-hour drive away. So it'll, I'll be there. I'll be there, and I'll be happy when, it's, uh, when little Stephanie. But if it's a boy, it's Derek. Um, so, mm-hmm. And I don't know the gender yet. Uh, Derek and whatever name he chooses. Um, so we'll see. Very excited. Did you stuff. need to get your car wrapped today? Because you brought it to the car. You, you know, you're getting a decal wrap on there. Yeah. That's where you came yeah. from. Yeah. I, Is it going to be ready in time for the drive? Uh, they said something. I wasn't listening. Okay. I was late to this Got podcast. It. Bless you. <laughs> yeah. Got so it. it should be good. But I'm getting it wrapped, guys, this beautiful chrome color. It's going to be so cool. It's going to be glittering. And when you spray water on it, it changes colors. Isn't that cool? Whoa. Oh, that's really fun. That's I, really I have cool. to spray some water on your car. That sounds like a <laughs> lot of fun. Don't do that, please. Don't do wow. that. Wow. Oh, that's um, right. You have that car that can't get wet. <laughs> I can't. It cannot get wet. It completely breaks down. It's, it's a disaster of a car. So, yeah, that's what's coming up for me, a child, a new car, uh, or a new uh, color and co- chrome color. I won't sell my car. And, yeah, uh, Lenny, what about you? Uh, well, I, uh, uh, I'm i trying to edge my way into Cirque du Soleil Césaire. Uh, it is their new show where they, um, it's all scissors of all different sizes cutting things as they're doing tricks and Whoa! stuff. Whoa! <laughs> oh. So uh, did you be cut? Do you want to cut or do you want to be cut? I'd love to be the cutter, but based on just the hierarchy of things, it's it's unlikely. Um, yeah, if so, you're on the rope track now, I'm a little nervous for you. <laughs> I, I, I as well. I as well. But anything for work right now. Again, this movie really tanked my career. Um, I played a little girl getting possessed and going through four different body changes in an extra, extra wide shot. Uh, I end up eating my parents. You know, in a scene that a lot of people called unbelievable. Uh, <laughs> so I'm just building back my career with every little step of the way. Good for and you. I hope it goes well. In the next movie, I'll include you to help you. Oh, I would absolutely love to work again. So thank you very much. Yeah. Yeah, great. I've got this great movie coming up. It's uh, I'm writing it right now. It's about a little girl who... Uh, becomes a mermaid and befriends these other two little girls uh, well if you so have any adult mermaids uh or monsters or anything that would help for me i, I don't know i feel would. like i don't know the little girl might be good I, love a a red- I, I honestly would love a redemption opportunity there i learned a yeah. lot from this film and we can add just some flippers to your tiny feet your tiny white feet it'll look great maybe you don't even have to do anything to it <laughs> yeah and lenny i i i mean i would love to uh work with you again personally i can put in a good word for you um, on the project I'm working on right now. It's uh, Emily in Paris season two. Uh, and they go to the catacombs quite a bit. And so that's where I... <laughs> what is she doing in the catacombs? Well, she, um, she, in like an effort to do some sort of social media promo, she heads to the Bible. She finds some pages that were put in that were all upside down. She figures out that there's a secret thing in the catacombs that's like a super feminist... Uh, piece of art and so she wow. goes down there and she gets a little possessed and so I've been working with Lily Collins on uh, you know proper possession technique and Lenny you know there is 
uh, I believe, an uncast, unnamed monster in the film wow. um, that hasn't been quite set up yet. So I will, I will put in a good word. Let me know. Huge departure from the first season, it sounds like. But uh, very curious to <laughs> yeah, see. Yeah, a lot of it didn't work. A lot of it didn't work, and they That's... really took that to heart. So um, it took some genres. Good wins. on them. Yeah. Garfield, you got anything coming up? Yeah, I just wrapped up WandaVision, and then I'm about to be, uh, I think there's a new season of Thor. The that costuming in that was amazing. Yeah, the spe- they really let me fly there, and it really was exciting to finally be able to do what I can do. And uh, I think I'm doing something with Guillermo del Toro. It's about a bunch of creatures opening a car wash or something like that, so we'll see how that goes. <laughs> now that, that called? sounds so good. That sounds <laughs> funny. Of all the well, people I could have a rivalry with, it had to be the one who's working on the thing I could actually do. <laughs> God bless. Deanna says, hey, by the way. Just you kidding. She doesn't know you fucking exist, Lenny. Fuck you. If I wasn't tied up into a, a captain's not right now, I would tear you asunder. Why do you think I made you beige, Lenny? Why do you think that character was beige? Because you blend in with the background. You, you thought she was staring at you. She was staring at the wall. Okay. Bless you, 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 bless you. That's a throw from, and the Twin Tower has fallen. This has been artist on artist on artist on artist on artist. Answering the question, now that's why they call it show business. Thank you for tuning in, and good night. Hi, I'm Angela Geritana. I'm Jeremy Colhane. I'm Patrick McDonald. And I'm Kylie Brakeman. Artists on Artists on Artists on Artists is an improvised Hollywood Roundtable podcast available on iTunes and Spotify. You can follow us at AOAOAOA pod on Twitter and Instagram. That's right, four A's with three O's in between, then pod. Music for this week's episode was provided by Gabriel Ponton. Our guest this week was Dan Lippert. You can catch him in Paranormal Next of Kin out on Paramount Plus October 29th. Also check out Man Dog Pod and the Big Grande website.com. Stars, they're just like us, and you can give us five of them if you rate and review us on iTunes. Thank you so much. Good night, Hollywood.